0: I'm Lisa Udelson, and this is a Meditation House Call. A few years back, I got a mystery disease totally out of the blue. Something was going on with my blood. No one could figure out why, and I was scared shitless. Western medicine saved my life, but meditation saved my sanity. Now I'm in remission, but relapse looms over my head like an anvil, and mindfulness keeps me from looking up. I'm a gay divorcee living in Los Angeles with a teenage son, and I'm a worrier by nature. So I'm still a mess, just a calmer, less reactive, more tolerant and peaceful one. And I'm offering up what I've learned to help others. Take what you want and leave the rest. I'll start out by telling you a story, then I'll lead a guided meditation along the same theme. What do you have to lose but some fear, regret, and anxiety? This week, I'll be talking about intuition. Recently my son Theo cricked his neck and couldn't surf, his only escape from the house during a boring COVID summer. I was being a good Jewish mama and doting on him, bringing him hot pads, ice, chicken soup, whatever he needed as he lay there playing endless hours of video games. Our beloved dog Rudy, an 11-year-old Chow Retriever mix, had been stationed at his usual back patio perch on Squirrel Patrol. Returning to the TV room for the umpteenth time, I noticed something on the dog bed. Hmm, I don't remember buying that plush toy. Oh my god, it's a squirrel. Eleven years in the making, Rudy had caught, killed, and presented us with a full-size critter. I shouted every four-letter word in the book. We're gonna have to get that thing out of here. Good luck with that, Theo said casually, returning to his game. I approached the squirrel, praying it was dead. When convinced it wasn't just sleeping, I scooped up the dog bed and carried it out the door, the animal laying on top like Cleopatra. After apologizing for the shitty burial, I rolled the rodent right into the trash can. Maybe Rudy felt he could die happy because it wasn't long after that that I noticed he wasn't himself. He seemed tired, distracted, disoriented. During my chemo treatments for aplastic anemia, Rudy was my constant companion, quietly watching over me wherever I lay recovering. It was my turn to reciprocate. Over the following month, seizure followed vet appointment, leading to testing, then another seizure, which ended with the dismal diagnosis, a massive brain tumor. By then, Rudy was sedated and resting, so we said our devastated goodbyes. I've been through this before, and what to do isn't always so clear-cut. When I was a kid, our dogs just disappeared, apparently having run away. I just figured out, like last week, that my parents were probably trying to spare me the pain of losing Prince Pierre. I got schooled on mortality with the first dog of my own, Simon, ate a tennis ball. He got really sick, and it looked like he wasn't gonna make it. I was so freaked out, all I could do was lie in bed waiting for the vet to call. When the phone finally rang, it was good news, and luckily, Simon bounced back. But if the news had been different, I would have been a wreck. I flashed on that version of me as we faced the reality that Rudy wasn't gonna make it. I'm not sure if it's the wisdom that comes with age, or the intuition that mindfulness meditation has fostered, but sad as it was, There was a peaceful, if heartbreaking, knowing with Rudy. There wasn't a question of whether or not to put the dog down. It was excruciating, but we knew it was right. There was a painful confidence that the truth could no longer be avoided. I'm thankful I could trust those instincts. I couldn't always do that. But in getting quiet, I found that my gut was telling me it was okay to help Rudy on his way. Like other losses I've had to face, it would have been more agonizing for all of us if we dragged it out any longer. Now I smile every time I see the squirrels, who can freely roam the garden undisturbed. They help themselves to fallen in birdseed on the porch, where our year-old pup, Harvey, Rudy's charge, looks on, completely uninterested in them. Time for a meditation house call. All right, now a nice deep breath through your mouth. Exhale. That's fine. Once more. That's fine. All right, now we'll have a look at your blood pressure. This meditation is so simple, you'll be sure you're doing it wrong. You're not doing it wrong. Just keep doing it. In mindfulness meditation, we use the breath as the tool for presence, placing our focus on the in and out breath over and over. When the mind wanders, we simply return our attention to the breath without judgment, but with self-compassion. And the more we practice staying with what is, the more we can feel prepared and not panicked to use this breath to stay calm without projecting forward or regretting the past. And this helps develop a confidence in that knowing, the intuition to move forward with difficult decisions, to balance that gut feeling with knowledge, experience, desire, By staying with what is we develop a patience, a tolerance, an ability to be with things just as they are, and a confidence in letting things unfold without trying to control them. And also the self-compassion that comes with not always making the right decision. Can we rest in the knowing that we've done the best we can, with the information we have, by staying present with what is, how am I right now with just this one breath? The gut feeling is one of the factors in difficult decisions, and our practice helps us find the balance. Being with present moment experience with curiosity and the willingness to be with things just as they are, that's the definition of mindfulness meditation as we know it. being with what is, not what was, or what will be. And over time, we begin to trust that knowing. Can I be with things just as they are? To use the information that comes to make our informed decisions, and to have the self-compassion to know that we won't always be right, but that we did the best we could to feel prepared and not panicked. And it's this simple practice of returning home to the breath when the mind has wandered. To know that we're not perfect. And that we do the best we can as humans. There's a mysterious quality to the knowing, the gut feeling. It can't be expressed through reason. By staying calm with what is, we practice over and over the still and calmness, not projecting into the future and worrying, nor regretting the past We stay focused on the present breath by breath, practicing being with what is and finding the ability to make decisions that are not based on fear or regret. We use this meditation practice to stay focused on the present. Acknowledging our humanity. The willingness to be with what is. Acknowledging that change is inevitable. Change is already happening. We use our mindful meditation practice to strike the balance between information and intuition. Returning our attention to the breath over and over without judgment. No big deal when the mind wanders. We simply come back to the breath. Like glitter in a snow globe, when we quiet our minds and let the thoughts settle, we can see more clearly. When you're ready, open your eyes and take one breath as we end the meditation. Thanks for listening and for practicing with me. This is Lisa Udelson coming to you straight from my son's closet and put together mostly by me with major guidance from producer Darby Maloney and many thanks to Fred Rapaport and Static Music. You can read more of my essays and find out about Meditation for Realists on my website, lisayudelson.com. Please join me for the next episode when I'll talk about the quota on compassion. Until we meet again, take it a breath at a time.